Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppe. I am joined by the Illinois beat writer at the Champaign News Gazette, Bob Osmussen. So it's two Gazette writers. We got the the Gazette and the News Gazette. The best Bob, thanks for joining me. Oh, no problem. Best name, name for a newspaper ever. So we're, we're like uh, brothers, brothers from another brother. <laughs> well, starting off, I think the big news going into this game is Brett Bielema not being able to coach on Saturday. What's the latest with that? Well, actually, the big news would have been Brett Bielema coaching against Iowa, against <laughs> against the school, against his alma mater, and that kind of got wiped off the boards this morning. Yes, it's, it's I, I have to say, I'm not totally surprised because yesterday, normally we on a Monday, we'd, they'd have a press conference in person, and they decided to have it by Zoom. And I thought that was odd. He sort of hinted to the idea that there were some concerns, COVID concerns within the program. So I didn't know it was him. I thought it was maybe one of his coaches or maybe a player, but obviously it turned out to be him. And the latest is he won't be coaching. He won't be there. He's turned the team over to Georgia McDonald, former line eye receiver. So it'll and he's assistant head coach. So it'll be, I assume he's gonna be working with the team this week. But once the game goes on, he won't be there. He won't be, be anywhere near there. It'll have his fingerprint on it, but not his personality of the game. Wow, that's a big loss there, because that would have been a great storyline there to have the two Hayden Fry descendants facing off in Iowa City. Right, it would have been a really cold deal. And now it can't happen again at the earliest until 23. So and I, I assume Coach Kirk France could still be there, might still be there, but might not still be there. So you're right, it, it definitely lost something for the fans, for the Certainly the Illinois angle, because I was going to write a big story, a nice big story about uh, Coach Bielema going home, going back to where he played and coached and worked. And that's all by the boards. Now, I could write that, but it wouldn't make any sense. Cause it's not <laughs> gonna do that. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely disappointing, but also it's, it's reality of football in 2021. Look at all the programs that have been disrupted by COVID. Not just not just college teams, but NFL teams. So Aaron Rodgers got knocked out. So it's going on, but I guess I'm a little surprised because Illinois has done a great job, not a good job, a great job with with COVID. They wow. got out in front of it in terms of testing, in terms of protocols, and they were really one of the best programs in the country in terms of making sure they didn't miss events and the cancellations. Football hasn't had a cancellation that was just its fault. And that won't be the, that'll be, you know, Illinois is going to play this week. They're just not going to have their coach there. Then that has to be quite the adjustment there. I'm assuming, though, you haven't had a chance really to talk to players because they conveniently made that announcement right after you were, or the day after you were actually talking to them. Right. Yeah. There's no, there's no response yet. Again, I think they'll be supportive. They like the other coaches. This is a pretty good staff right now. They, everybody feels like they've done a good job putting everything together. And I think the coach, players will listen. They're playing better the last couple of weeks. So I think they'll 
they'll try. They're going to want to try to show their coach they care about them. So I think there'll be motivation from that standpoint. But I also think you do lose the idea of if he'd been there, they definitely would have wanted to prove to Iowa fans and Iowa team that they were playing for their coach because it was from there. They know how, know how much it, how important it was to him. So that part's lost. But I think, again, they'll be motivated to play well. There's a lot of things in their, in their grasp now. And certainly, proving of the coach they can play without him is, is one of those. And if I saw it correctly, another thing of that is if they win this game and next week, would they be bowl eligible? They would. And that's a, a would be a huge deal for this team because a couple, couple weeks ago, before the Penn State game, nobody gave them a chance to go anywhere in postseason other than home early and start working out for next year. But yes, they've won some games they weren't, ex- weren't expected to win. Going to Penn State, going to Minnesota. The last game to Rikers, which is close to being bowl eligible too, that game cost them a lot. There's uh, really three losses for Illinois. They can make the difference be- between going to the postseason and not. But if they win two more, they're going to a bowl. That would be a huge deal for a lot and of then- for someone who maybe hasn't seen, well, I think most people have probably seen the Penn State game with the nine overtimes, but for someone who hasn't seen the Illini play this year, what should they expect to see from this team on Saturday at Kinnick? Well, the defense has become a real story in a positive way. Early in the season, they got a bunch of points scored against them. Virginia put up, I think, 48. A lot of teams are just running through them. Illinois made some changes, and they're positive. And they are now being able to stop teams on the ground, in the air. They're playing great defense. The last game, they gave them six points to Minnesota. Should have have shut them out. So they're just playing well. They've got a lot of young guys that are playing well. The coordinator, who just got a huge raise, he's ready to go. Ryan Walters is coordinator. He's got the, all the staff with him. They're doing a good job. They're just playing more aggressively. They're playing smarter football. They're not making the mistakes they used to make. This looked like a four-year project, five-year project. I think people now think it could be a two-year project or three-year project or maybe even a one-year project. Wow. That's quite the difference there. Yes. So then with this defense, they held Minnesota to six points. And I think every Iowa fan who hears that is going to be a little shocked after the way that Minnesota just ran the ball through the first three quarters almost at will. So is rush defense kind of the especially strong part of this defensive unit? It it has become that. It wasn't at all times early in the year. They were getting run through. They are getting passed over. But now, yes, it's been, it's been a big part. But they have also been able to put pressure on the quarterback without doing a lot, lot of blitzing all the time. So they're just more efficient. They're all the Again, they're making good plays. They're not getting beat deep much. So there's just a lot, a lot of good things going on for them. Again, it's guys that kind of got a chance, got in the field, and decided we're going to play better than we were early in the year. And they've there's a bunch of guys. I couldn't even name one, but one guy I will mention, Orrin Carney, fifth-year senior, defensive end, linebacker, 
I don't know what you really call what position place, but he's he's getting the backfield, he's making stops, he's doing a lot of good things. Doing what seniors should do, playing the best. He's turned himself into an NFL player. That's really important. But I think he's also led the team and being a really good player. But they got a lot of guys that are really helping. And then offensively, it seems like this is a team, and it sounds familiar to Iowa fans after playing Northwestern, Minnesota, Wisconsin in the last three weeks. But they seem to be a team that likes to run the ball a lot. Oh, definitely. Chase Brown's having a really good year, uh, transfer from Western Michigan. And the passing game is not very, very strong. So they've looked for something that works. I, th- I think Brett Bielema uh, long-term wants to be able to run the ball power football like they did to Wisconsin. And I think that's where they're trying to show now it helps you a lot, a lot of ways. Helps the defense because the offense is on the field more, takes cuts time out of the game. So they're done a lot of good things. And I think Brandon Peters last couple of weeks has played better as a quarterback, which has also helped the offense help the running game because they've shown an ability to complete some passes. Maybe make the opposing defense a little off kilter a little bit. And it seems like he's done it maybe not by throwing a ton, but with kind of a lot of low-volume, high-efficiency games. Right, exactly. That's what he's trying to do. And people talked about him that way when he got here two years ago. They talked about him being more of a manager, and I know people hate that because they hate that term. But I think the thought of him, it's not just the – he wasn't the instigator. He was a guy that could keep you moving the ball. And that's all you need. And he's finally playing like people thought he would the last couple of weeks. So I think he's he's definitely a key Saturday because Iowa's defense is pretty good. And I think they'll be able to do some good work against Illinois' running games. So I think Brandon Peters will have to have a good game Saturday for Illinois to be, be in contention. Well, that'll be interesting, too, because Iowa's secondary has been gaining more strength. Riley Moss, who was leading the FBS in interceptions, came back against Northwestern, still is kind of getting his feet under him. But that could be an interesting matchup there for Iowa's now stronger secondary. Well, a good test there for Brandon Peters. Definitely. No, no question about that. And then on special teams, how is the how have the Illini been doing on that part of the field? Well, like he's the punter, like Iowa. Iowa's got a great punter. Illinois's got a great punter, too. He's one of the finalists, uh, semi-finalists with the Ray Guy Award. I think the Iowa punter is as well. I think there's five guys in the Big Ten. Pretty good league for punting. But Blake Hayes has been a godsend from the second he got here from Australia. Uh, he's uh, He's able to pin the ball deep he gets a lot of good coverage because he kicks the ball so high at times so australian kicker but he's really good so i think he is he's a benefit for them and james mccourt has been really consistently good on long kicks he's won several games during his career last second field goals i think the team has ultimate confidence in him uh so i think they're they're in good shape so if the game comes out of the uh, special teams, field position, Illinois will have a chance. Well, it could be a special teams fans like dream on Saturday between that and then Iowa with Tory Taylor. So right. the punting is winning t-shirts have been really popular in Iowa City. It seems like that will be true on Saturday. 
I like it. 20 to 20. Why not? <laughs> Do you have a game prediction yet? I haven't thought much about it. I would have told you Illinois had a chance because uh, they're playing well. And Iowa was not very good against Northwestern. But I think not having Bielema makes me lean toward thinking Iowa was going to win. I think that his presence on the field, in the locker room, all that's going to be very important for Illinois. I think the team will try really hard to prove they can win it with it without him. But I think it's going to be hard for them. I, I think I'd give Iowa about a 10 point advantage, maybe 30 to 20. Okay. I'm going with 21 13 for now, but okay. I may still change my mind two or three times between now and Saturday. I'll call you back. I may too. <laughs> well, thanks, Bob, for the time. I really appreciate it. John Knights, anytime. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday at the press box. All right. Thank you. Switching gears a little bit on the podcast, you can now get text updates from Mike Loss and me. There are a couple ways to sign up. You can text the number 319-729-8160, and then you'll get a link to sign up. Or you can, if you want to go right to the link, you can go to joinsubtext.com slash Hawkeyes. Again, that's joinsubtext.com dot com slash Hawkeyes. I got some great questions from some of the people who've already signed up for the text updates, starting off with Reese. Reese asks if Spencer Petrus is healthy. And the short answer to that is he's getting there. What Kurt Ferentz said exactly yesterday was that Spencer, I think, has a chance to be fully healthy. He's had two pretty good days of practice. So we'll see how it looks here this week and go from there. So he's getting there. Now, the natural follow-up to that that I asked was, well, if he is healthy, who's the starter? And Kirk said, quote, we haven't had that conversation. Now, there's probably a little bit of some trying to keep Illinois guessing in terms of what's going to happen. I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I would say probably Padilla. Um, just based on the fact that he's still getting the first team reps, I think they're really kind of easing Spencer in. And um, yeah, he's right now taking second team reps, he's saying. So we'll see, though. Um, time will tell on that one. Then getting into more questions, Matt asks, Minnesota had success with their toss sweep. Will they try to get Goodson outside the box and get him some space to run? Well, that's definitely a good idea. Um, I think that would help. I don't think we're going to get exact game plan details ahead of time um, for probably some obvious reasons in terms of not tipping their hand too much. But I think it would work. The one question always is when we're talking about mid-season adjustments is it isn't like they're going to throw away the playbook and well this isn't quite throwing away but they aren't going to make dramatic changes to what they're doing from week to week usually is I think Spencer was saying during the or I think it's right after the bye week well we're not going to add new plays or anything during the bye week so 
maybe we see it a little more. I wouldn't expect to all of a sudden see Iowa to be a running team that loves to toss sweep by any means, but um, it's an interesting idea. That's for sure. And then got another question. This one from Liz, this one gave me a little bit of a chuckle here. Will we freeze our butts off? Well, I'll put my meteorology hat on and I'm not a very sophisticated meteorologist. I just open up the weather app on my phone and the high in Iowa City for Saturday is 52 and the low is 34. So I guess one benefit of having these 1 p.m. starts is you do get a little more daylight there. So maybe it won't be quite as cold leaving. It was a, a chilly walk for me going back to the parking structure, leaving the press box at like 10.15 or so. So again, you can sign up for these text updates and I'll keep on putting questions out there for, um, or a call for questions out there for people to ask their podcast questions. Again, you can text the number 319-729-8160. Or you can go to joinsubtext.com slash Hawkeyes. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'll be back with Mike after the game Saturday for an edition of After the Final Score. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Mm-hmm.